Marys, are there any Marys out there? Uh, Marys, we are releasing our Dragula Resurrection episode uh, as a free skate. We released this originally, I think, right before Halloween uh, for our Matreons. And so uh, we wanted to re-release this for everybody, uh, who folks who may not be Matreons, who may not have Shudder, which is where Dragula Resurrection happened. Um, or where it premiered. Um, so, yeah, this is just a little hello from the present to before we play this episode from the recent past. Yes, before we go to Halloween's past. I This Resurrection episode, or I guess special, was very special. Um, it, you know, the, the RuPaul Halloween special paled in comparison to what they were able to tell and what kind of story they were able to tell. Um, with, you know, within a pandemic, within all of that going on, the looks, um, even just like the, the suspense and the cinematography and all of that. And, um, yeah, we wanted to release it to everybody. Uh, you know, Shudder, I think, has a month trial, right? A free month trial or like you pay. It's like a free or, week trial. And a then free you, week, right? Yeah. yeah. But you can also just get it for a month for seven bucks or. Yeah. You know. And it's worth the money. It really is. It's a great, great special. But, you know, if you want, you can listen to our recap of it and then decide for yourselves. Um, there is something we didn't discuss on this recap but uh many marys pointed out to us they're like hey did you see the easter egg did you see the easter egg Mm. there is an easter egg at the very end of the resurrection special that i don't think we talked about we didn't because i hadn't watched it and then it wasn't until marys were like oh no you should go back and watch that same and i and i I mean even though you know there are basically there are quote-unquote spoilers in this whole recap of course there would be uh, I guess for the sake of a surprise, if you haven't seen the Easter egg at the end, or if you haven't watched Dragula Resurrection yet, we won't say what it is. Right. But if you do know what it is, it it's it's very clear from our conversation that you're about to listen to that we had not watched it and did not know at the time. So we know now. Mm, and we're happy about it. Oh yeah, it's it. What a what a lovely egg. What a Cadbury yeah. cream egg to discover. <laughs> A uh, goose egg, if you a will. A goose egg, if you will. <laughs> um, yeah. yeah. Uh, you know, Dragula, I'm looking forward to their next season much more than any other season of, of a drag race franchise season. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's, it, I think that they are in their stride now. There was a direction of season three that I didn't really love with like the boudoir and kind of the some of the drama that happened there, but I think they're going to know where to go now. I think the Boulets are very good at reacting and at praxis, right? Whereas I don't think RuPaul's Drag Race does that as well. They're kind of like, oh, this works. Let's just keep it. Whereas yeah. Dragula, the Boulets, they're like, yeah, okay, well, well, let's raise the bar. Well, what next? What else? And yeah, I, I think love the, that. I think the conversations are a little more nuanced. I think they're, I think some of the issues they talk about, um, I think just feel a little more, uh, not as mainstream. I guess that's one way to put it, right? Like, I think that's one thing, you know, as much as we try not to compare one to the other, you kind of can't help but do it. That I think the more mainstream that Drag Race has gotten, the less interesting it's gotten. And I think Dragula has, has been able to grow without like going fully mainstream, but also grow out of being this like underground cheap 
thing filmed in a conference room and still kind of retain this very independent spirit and this very like specific voice and um, I think it's the types of people they have on the show obviously influence you know the conversations that are being had uh, mm. it's yeah there's something about this show that I, I feel like it's yeah it's just got this 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 heart to it and um, that I think is is uh, is really lovely and surprising as well you know what I find interesting is it's very clear that most drag race girls love Dragula and like really, you know, laud the the contestants and their drag and their art and how they, they walk into this world. And yet they're I, when when push comes to shove, a drag race girl that's putting a show together or putting a tour together or something is not booking Dragula girls. I just think that's also very interesting that that the the economy, the drag economy is still tiered when it comes to drag race versus Dragula talent. And you would think that it could change if the Dragula can drag race contestants kind of were like, no, there's no difference. Right. And you wonder if there's contracts or if there's reasons why, like, you know, a Jan sport needs to only. Uh, you know, tour with Cheryl Hole and not with, you know, you know what I mean? Yeah, I think the the only exceptions I've really seen are um, Aiden Zane and Saint have done stuff together. Mm. And, and I and it's obviously it's interesting that it's Aiden Zane who's kind of considered a bit of a I don't want to say an outcast, Boom. but yeah, a, a kind of an outlier from the drag race brand, you know. Mm-hmm. And so right. it doesn't surprise me that that's someone who is kind of crossing party lines if there are party lines. Sure. I mean, and obviously we've seen drag race crossover to Dragula, right? With Willem and Alaska. Yeah. Yep. And Alaska even crowned Abora in her competition and whatnot. But you know what I mean? Like I just it's interesting that there is still kind of this very thick line between them. Yeah, it's it's kind of like, you know, you think of like when do the Munsters meet the Adams family? You know what <laughs> I mean? Like, when do those, when do the Jetsons and the Flintstones meet? You know? Uh, well, they do. The Flintstones and the Jetsons. Do that's meet. what I'm saying. Eventually, they do. And so, you know, who knows? There could be eventually some crossover. I, I'm not betting on it being onto the main stage. I think it would be down yes, to the boudoir. It, it, well, yeah. that's what it's always been so far. Yeah, and it, that's what right. it would be. Yeah, I feel right, like. Right. Uh, yeah, when when's Sasha Valore gonna pop up on Dragula as a guest? That's what I'm. Yeah, looking for. put your money where your mouth is, Sasha. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't know. I mean, maybe she's doing a lot more for like local talent, like I know with Switch and Play and whatnot. But uh, yeah, it would be interesting to see that kind of collaboration um, further than just Vander Von Odd, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 Well, all that being said, uh, we have much more to say about Dragula Resurrection, but we will let ourselves say it <laughs> instead of saying it ourselves. <laughs> say what? <laughs> Don't say it. <laughs> yeah. I said what I said. <laughs> and I'm going to tell you why I said it. Yeah. Um, I I think we're good, Marys. Enjoy, and uh, we'll see you soon. See ya.
have to start off by saying that I love our demented little family. I do too. I am so impressed with everything that they brought to the table. I don't think that we've seen drag performed to this high level of artistry like anywhere before. It doesn't even necessarily seem right to be judging them per se, like as if it were like a normal season. Yeah, they've already been through this competition. They're all stars already. So this is almost like just a showcase on all of them again, but someone does have to win because we really need to find somebody who's going to kill season four if they come back. Exactly. There's a big sign that says personnel. Someone, someone. has to win. Oh, <laughs> uh, uh, good joke, Colin. Thank good you, joke. thank you, thanks. Yeah, I, I, <laughs> I thought of it before we hit record. Um, so, Dracula Resurrection. It was Mary, te- it was terrible. I hated it. I just the longest Ma- two hours Ma- of my life. <laughs> Mary, you're kidding, I know. Yeah. I, I, one thing that was missing this fall that we got last fall was a palate cleanser mm. from the Drag Race franchise. It, is, it, it becomes clear every single Dragula season, and it's even clear with just this two-hour special, that, that these, these performers put so much thought into every stroke, into every piece of their outfit. And it is, for me, so much more rewarding than maybe, you know, one runway on Drag Race, right? I mean, obviously, on Drag Race, there's some great looks, there's some great moments. I'm not trying to, like, discount Miss Geist here, but the palate cleansing of Dragula is so crucial to be able to go back to drag race and be like, oh, right, that's this type of drag. Mm-hmm. Well, and I think, you know, obviously this was, I'm sure this was something they were planning to do before COVID hit. And I would imagine the inte- the original intention was to bring all these performers back and and have it all kind of exist in the, you know, in the environment. Um, mm-hmm. But I feel like the added benefit of doing it this way where they had to, instead of having everybody kind of brought together to do a traditional, like, workroom drama, floor shows, talking heads, to, like, see their, kind of where all these ideas are birthed from. Like, like the, I think there's something about seeing Priscilla Chambers in this, like, suburban Asheville, North Carolina, you know, split-level ranch coming mm. up with these ideas. You know what I mean? Like, that juxtaposition is sort of fascinating. I... I the fact that they had to go on location, I think we said this last week, but it was very Project Runway, where we get to see them in their environments with their own creativity, not dealing with seeing anybody else's work, which I think is also part of the difficulties of these drag competitions or any of these reality show creative competitions is that you're seeing your competitors work and you're comparing yourself. And Mm. everybody knows that's like, that's like fodder for your fucking inner saboteur to come out is the comparing. It's why social media is so toxic, right? Cause we're just comparing each other, right? That's all we're doing. Um, and so the fact that they took that element out of it, we really just got to see them excel and uh, plus their environment uh, to your point. And so for me, those intimate moments where, you know, Loris is in her like sweet little, you know, roadside motel 
style bedroom. Like there was just something so mm-hmm. in, uh, so human about it. And it made me root for all of them. Oh, yeah. The moment I saw Loris's Hamilton Beach microwave in the oh. kitchen, I was like, oh, OK, I see you. Uh. <laughs> oh, and Frankie Doom. I mean, first of all, how much did you fall in love with Frankie Doom? Yeah, because I didn't really watch season one. And so I wasn't really familiar with Frankie Doom. And I was like, oh, oh like the moment that she says something about like, and I've got on these chanclas. And I was like, oh, <laughs> my kind of queen. I've got on these chanclas. <laughs> there were so many moments with Frankie that I, you know, it was just like the what made me fall in love with Frankie is when he was describing his work as a scare worker. Oh yeah. At Knott's Berry farm. I (laughs) not scary farm. Scary farm. I was like, Oh my God, you love this. This Mm -hmm. is fabulous. Yeah. This is fabulous. And you, and you miss it right now. Ugh! I just, there was something so charming about that. And then his thoughts, the running commentary, the narrator of this episode, right? Frankie narrating his thoughts on all of these other Queens. (laughs) Well, and that was that is a good question. Is like because it's a, it's an interesting format to think of like who's the narrator. Because I felt in some ways like I really liked Frankie, but then it it almost seemed like as the special went on, I got less talking heads from Frankie or less check ins with Frankie, and I was getting more of a narrator vibe from like, well, to me, like I think the the narrator they all kind of narrated. I think the one that I loved the most was Priscilla Chambers. I just okay. loved I loved her energy. I love when she smoked through her nose. I just oh. I don't know. There was something about Priscilla. Where I was like, oh hi there. I remember you. I like you. Yeah. I don't know. I, yeah. I I just really enjoyed this sort of like I wanted to see Priscilla Chambers as Sydney Prescott. You know what I mean? Like I there was something <laughs> about that. Maybe it's the bangs, let's be honest. Um, yeah, it was probably the bangs. Very Nev Campbell. Yeah. In 1998. For sure. Yeah. For sure. Um, um I, I, I hear you on that. There's some, there was something about Frankie that, you know, in that sweet, that sweet little jack-o'-lantern t-shirt, I was like, just God, I just want to hang out with you. I want to like invite you over to dinner. I want to hang out. Like, I want to know more. I want to hear your perspective on things. There was something so charming about Frankie as the narrator for me. So I was just so happy whenever we went back to Frankie. And all of Frankie's looks, I thought, were... um, They didn't always win Mm. for me. I mean, except for the last one. But uh, they were very Frankie Doom. And I, yeah, I was just so happy that he was there. Oh, yeah. I mean regardless of how it ranked against everybody else to do the grand high witch from the witches i was like okay i mean i if we don't make these references we lose these references or anne hathaway Mm. takes over these references and Mm -hmm. so you know this is this is imperative so uh i certainly enjoyed it's a reason that is certainly an entry point for me to go back and really enjoy season one is to see more of of franklin doom (laughs) <laughs> Franklin. Yeah, the Grand High Witch, I, I appreciated their critique of that look because it was true. He should have kept that mask on longer. Yeah, that was a real, I mean, absolutely. That that was a real gag that he kind of gave up early. But the prosthetics were amazing. I mean, oh my God. so much more yes. than I expected when she was kind of previewing that look. So good. So good. Um, well, anyway, 
we're we kind of we're kind of jumping off onto narrator energy and people. There is one quote that uh, I want to just praise really quickly, and maybe we can jump into her. I'm a whore, so I'm okay with this. <laughs> oh, would this be? Hey, Saint. Hey, Saint. <laughs> Saint. Yes. I yes. mean, <laughs> Saint. Now you know it was like the. You know, uh, hey, Saint. Well, hey, Saint. Well, hey, Saint. Well, hey, Ugh. congratulations. Wow Presents Plus presents Hey, Saint. Hey, Saint. <laughs> and it's really just a short video of, of looking over the tops of a makeup table and saying, calling out to somebody, hey, Saint. Hey, Saint. It's actually a vine. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. So, Saint, I mean, not to just like, I mean, spoiler alert, obviously, but like, Saint won. Th mm -hmm. this competition and i'm on it like if i if i consider the looks and the narrative and the opportunity to see some something more from someone who i did we didn't see much of her season i'm really excited about saint i'm i'm like hey saint hey saint yeah yeah the i i don't feel bad about spoiling it because the boule brothers already announced it i got it spoiled before I oh it. that sucks yeah. oh yeah it sucks um, it sucks well but, you know but uh go ahead, go ahead. i was gonna say it, it's no, kind you... of interesting in the narrative that as this as the special goes on we like victoria is so like the strongest artist in the group but she kind of chanel's herself and we kind of get mm. set up for her to not win by saying like she's like i don't like i don't really want to compete on season four like that, I don't want to win season four. I want to win an all star season. And I thought, mm. oh, okay, so for us, and, and granted, she may not have been like the strongest in every challenge, but for as in general, as good of a, of a drag performer that Victoria is, I wasn't disappointed that she didn't win because like she, they, they set up the narrative that she like wasn't gonna, you know? Um, yeah, yeah. I mean, because that's the other thing when you think about it, when you really think about it, right? Vicky going back to season four to compete, she will ruin all of those completely. schools. Completely. It, it would just, I, I love that kind of acknowledgement of like, oh no, Victoria is so good that she <laughs> needs to be saved for like a true all-star situation. She, she needs to go up against Abora. She needs to go up against Dahlia. Mm -hmm. You know, she needs to go up against Hollow. Or uh, 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 what's, his, what's his name? Uh, Landon Sider. Sure. Yeah. Sure. Like, yeah, a winter season, even I would invite a Vicky Black. But because uh, and I think that point is so valid. I am so happy that they invited Vicky back. But when it when that first look happened with the van, the, the witch, I was like, holy. Fuck. Yeah. Holy. Fuck. Yeah. This is impeccable. One, it's like rem remembering like how much she did her season. Like I think of the the ghost town challenge, and she had that whole, you know, Ugh. tarot reading booth, and Ugh. and the Cenobite challenge when she took her the fucking face off. I mean, she Ugh. or the alien, the fucking alien. That, the I mean, alien, Mary. Like, uh, yeah, Victoria does. It's just like next level to the point where it it does feel silly to have her come back you know, and be up against other folks who may not be at that level, you know? Right, right. So I, we're, let's focus back on to Saint and then maybe go through some of the, the other queens yeah. uh, one by one. So with Saint, I mean, I totally, I, I get why she won. I She was in my top two for sure. The look that put her 
in the top two was the ghost look. Oh, are we, Saints are we, Ghost. Are we, are we, Saints okay, Ghost. Okay. The, Saints Ghost. Like, there were... <laughs> Mozart's Ghost! Yeah, Sorry, Mozart's that would have been ghost. mine. Yeah. <laughs> I would be Pizza.net. Yeah. <laughs> That's Halloween costumes. You be Mozart's Ghost and I'll be Pizza.net. <laughs> uh, oh, God. Nobody would get it. But no, yes, I know. No, no, no. Uh, Saints Ghost was so fucking smart yeah oh it was like there were so many looks obviously this episode to the point and and all of them were just like no matter how successful they were or not all of them were complex all of them were detailed and nuanced and so by the end i was like god i don't even remember all the looks i saw but like the one that immediately jumps out in my memory and like stuck with me was fucking saint's ghost yeah saint's ghost uh saint's ghost um yeah i so mary so it's a kid's costume, right? Like an old, very simple. We, you know that we love uh, that like backyard kids mm-hmm. aesthetic of drag, right? So it, it calls to that, right? Where it's very simple, um, but it was also horrifying, right? Oh, it was so, I mean, there were other ones in that, in that the other ghosts that were like way more ornate and grotesque. In terms of the, like the looks that the, these people mm-hmm. came up with, but the one that scared the shit out of me the most, the one that got under my skin the most, was Saint. It was like this like haunted glory hole situation, you know? Yeah. Like you just see like the eyes and the teeth and the licking yeah. lips, and you're like, oh, <laughs> don't put your dick in that, you know? <laughs> and just the concept, right? That it's kids in on Halloween, kids dressed as monsters to hide from the monsters, mm-hmm. and then you have this drag monster right now. Dressing as a kid, yeah. Dressing as a monster, it's like it's so meta and it's so brilliant. And the fact that she explained it and that was her intention, I would have gotten it had she not explained it, mm-hmm. and would have wondered, did you do that on purpose? And she absolutely fucking did. Uh, this was so next level, yeah, for me. Yeah, and I also love that it may have potentially cost her twenty dollars. You know, I mean, right. that was kind of the narrative with Saint that you know every look because obviously I'm sh- some of these folks I'm sure Victoria's putting oh, tons of money into Vicky these looks Black, yeah Jesus. and and that does give you a real obviously a real advantage when you can come out with something we see that on Drag Race you see it on Dragula where if someone has the budget they can come out with a real showstopper but I think I love that Saint did so well and won this because it it really proved that this is not just about who has the biggest bank account but who has like the sickest imagination Absolutely. And on top of that, it's not about always having this grotesque, uh, prosthetics, like mm-hmm. spooky. Her 60s vampire was so nuanced and smart and styled. Yeah. And it was a great lip sync. There was a gag. There was like a quote unquote reveal to it. This is the type of perspective that it's like, oh, you actually should come back on this show so we can see more of these fresh perspectives of what a haunt really is going to be in this challenge, you know? Yeah, you know, it reminds me of, of course, Louisiana Purchase's Vampire, Mm. where it was a different interpretation and it was its own, like, very specific reference, but, and it was simple, quote unquote, it was simple. Uh, but it was like, oh, like what you're saying and what you're doing with the handful of details you're using is just so much more exciting than kind of like layers of of gags and blood and 
prosthetics and all that, that there is, there is a world. And I think a lot of these looks could fall into this where it was like, it's almost too much. It's almost like it's, it's amazing, but is, is the spirit of this getting lost in the, in the, uh, in the details of it, you know? Mm -hmm. Right. Right. Absolutely. The spirit of this, if I could go so far as to say the spirit of Halloween, right. Mm -hmm. Um, that there is that there needs to be something less sci-fi effects and more we're putting on a show we're drag queens right mm-hmm. we're actually trying to say something also and yes it is about scaring you and there 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 needs to be a, an element of performance right mm-hmm. this element of drag there so I, I i love that idea that saint brought in through all of her looks for sure yeah the other th- the other thing about saint that i wanted to just say it wasn't my favorite crying moment of the oh. special but saint's crying moment and then to find out that the entire crew was crying also when she was talking about her tattoo mm-hmm. of the drag hand touching the child's hand mm-hmm. and 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 just her story about her her stepfather tattooing his initial uh, it was like holy fuck and then that spiraling into like why she wants this platform into i don't care about the money i just want to compete again all of this all kind of like swirling in and then you see this very little nuanced shot she's holding um a tissue in one hand mm-hmm. and a bottle of water in the other. Uh-huh. And, you know, we, we just saw that there was a break. <laughs> yeah. 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 A break and a, presumably a breakdown. Yeah. I, yes! it was, they gave her water and a tissue. Oh, my heart just like, just grew. It swelled. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, on drag race, they give you the paper bag, but on Dragula, <laughs> you actually get a tissue and some water, which is nice. Um, so yeah, I uh, I mean I think that I I loved what seeing and that's the thing that always amazes me or excites me about Dracula is like it's so over the top and so grotesque in some ways, but then they manage to tell these like really human stories and mm. Uh, mm. and I I think that that perspective that Saint had of like I essentially I wish I had someone like me now when I was younger, but I'm glad I can be that person today. And it's like that, I think there's like so much healing and like personal development healing in becoming the person you needed to have in your life at a different time, you know? Uh, I'm getting chills just thinking about it. Yeah, sure. I think it's yeah. it's yeah. like, I think that is the like, one. I think when I think about like ultimate goals, I think about, oh yeah, like I, who I want to be or who I'm kind of working on being is, is you know, in some ways who I needed at a younger age. And I think mm-hmm. there's something that absolves that or like, you know, heals those former experiences when you're like, okay, but I'm this person now, you know, and I yeah, can look yeah. back on a younger version of myself and say, everything worked out, you know, I got it covered, yeah, yeah. you know? Yeah. Yeah. Speaking of that, like inner child that's in all of us. Right. And your inner child is watching you do it. Mm-hmm. Right. Your inner child is watching you do it. And there is something very healing about knowing that you are the same person. You yeah. are the same person that was eight years old and traumatized and whatever that didn't know, didn't have that person. You are that same fucking person. And what I loved about Saint's story is, is that reminder. I am that same person and it's all over my fucking body. Mm-hmm. And now I want to be that person for everybody else to just take it. You can do it. Just take it. It's there. Take it. Yeah. Ah. 
Yeah. It was, I mean, really like the, the large, that, that narrative, whether you tie it to Dracula or just a, a human narrative, it's like, yeah, that's someone I want to hear more from. I want to see more from. I want to get to know better uh, outside of drag, you know, like I want to see more talking mm-hmm. heads with Saint, you know, like I, yeah. uh, I really, I, I was very happy that she kind of emerged. I mean, like not to jump to the end and we'll talk about the end later but like the ending of this special is so good it's yes. so good and it, yes. i was like are you kidding me that is such a great ending and i love that like it was just like a little face journey you know oh god of course of course of course they gave that to us oh i just love that oh i, love I that. mean <laughs> Like, again, we'll talk about it or we can talk about it now. But like that little montage at the end of them watching the videotapes was so fucking good. And oh, let's talk about it now. Let's just Mary. talk about yes. it. Because <laughs> the it was like sometimes, you know, we've talked about this, I, I'm sure, with the exterminations that it's clearly a bit of a bit that they're filming. It's all uh-huh. I, oh, it's more than a bit of a bit. It's a total bit. And so sometimes you can feel the acting and you can feel the like the non-reality. But this was so cool the mm. montage i mean it was uh obviously there's it, it has a bit of you know the ring to it but it's also this is a very direct reference to halloween three season of the witch um there's a it part of one of the plots of the movie or one of the the main part of the movie is there's some corporation making making halloween masks that when you put them on then there's some like there's a whole thing, but if essentially they they air this commercial and then the mask kills you, and so oh. that was kind of what was happening here. And this commercial just has like a uh, you know a jack o' lantern, um, and so I love that they were doing this like deep cut Halloween three reference. But the montage of them, like the shot of Priscilla Chambers holding a cigarette while the blood was running down her lip, I was like, mm. I, I oh. The composition of it all, you know? Yes, yes. Victoria Elizabeth Black on the floor with the cat in the, the background. cat. Oh, Frankie Doom just like spitting oh. out blood. Oh. 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 That's so good. So good. And like, I love I loved the suspense of not really knowing. And then it was like, is it Dolly? Is it Saint? And then yeah. Dolly just all of a sudden the blood's running. And I was like, oh my God, the way they're oh. revealing this yeah i mean i knew saint was gonna win yeah so i was waiting for dolly and then it came out of her eyes i was like yes yeah yes it was so subtle so good Um, i think was it loris loris began like slamming her head oh my god oh Oh. yeah loris started crying i was like this is and the music and it's slow motion and it's montage oh oh Oh. and you know what i love the most about it i was like everybody in this is queer. It's a bunch of queers. Mm. You know what I mean? Like the queer, queer, queer. <laughs> Whole bunch of queers. Oh, and they're all putting on a show. They're all, all just put on putting a show. on a show. The the excellence of the editing, the excellence of the music, this entire special. The floor shows were next level, Mary. Next the level. Editing. And you know what I loved about this special is that we got to see the footage of Loris, like, you know, getting upset or calling yeah. to cut or whatever. And you're like, oh, right. They have to edit all of this. Yeah. Yeah. This is like so all, well done. It was so good. I mean, yeah, the floor shows. I remember like the first one, I, you know, it got like two minutes in and I'm enjoying it. But then I was like, oh, my God, this is so cool. This has been going <laughs> on for minutes. Yes. And the music's yes. great. I mean, 
I found a playlist of all of the Dragula music on Spotify because oh. I needed to track down my favorite music, that Don't Tell Mom the Babysitter's Dead transitional music. Oh, dun, dun, dun. I wrote that down. Yeah, yeah it sounds like they're banging on pipes. It's like, yes, yes, it yes. It sounds like the Blue Man group. It started in season three. The uh, yeah, it's like when she's uh, leaving the office and there's intrigue. Yes, right? here I'll <laughs> I'll play a little of it here. Just you know, listen closely. <laughs> da, 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 da. Uh, yeah. Ellen, yeah. wait, Sue Ellen, did you get the QED report yet? Just do it one at a time. Yeah. <laughs> Don't feel overwhelmed. Just do one thing at a Just time. Do one thing at a time. <laughs> Sue Ellen, have you ever had a 48-hour <laughs> orgasm? In a Volvo. <laughs> oh, yeah. I oh, mean, I can't stand that kind of little <laughs> snot. <laughs> oh, it's so good. So for anyone wondering, if the song is called She's a Badass... Um, yeah. By Wave Saver. But oh, the music. But that was my favorite. Anytime they cut to that, I was like, yes, to this beat. Oh, but you know, but I gotta say, great lip sync song from Kim Petras. Like it was it was what I needed, actually, at that time. I think there was only one look that didn't really work with the song, but I I I loved where it went. Like it went on a journey. Uh I don't know if it was a remix or not, but well, loved Kim's song. Yeah, you know, it was I was expecting them to read Frankie Doom because I thought, oh, having all the prosthetics on your face or prosthesis, I don't know what I don't I don't know my Latin, but uh the I thought that was kind it almost got in the way a little bit of seeing like a clear lip sync, but the look was so cool that it was like, oh, okay, whatever. I'm assuming she's mouthing all the words. Uh Yeah. I will yeah. say like with Dragula, like they've done lip sync challenges before. It it always it it's like oh yeah you guys do lip syncs too huh <laughs> like y'all care about that oh, okay I mean oh, I man. love lip syncing don't get me wrong but it just so in Dragula it almost feels like oh huh oh I didn't think this was like such a big thing for y'all but okay uh, so it always yeah. feels like a little bit weird when they're lip syncing just because it's there's so much about these looks and these floor shows. It's just about like badass performance and, mm -hmm. and just like poses and stares and all yeah. that stuff. And then it's just like, Oh, yeah. and lip syncing. Okay. I loved the lip sync. I loved it. I thought Saint was so good at oh, it. I thought so Dolly was so good at it. Mm. Um, there were, there were some really good performances. Um, let's, uh, we, we kind of took a second to like step back at the whole special. I think we can keep doing that whatever we want. Yeah. But I did want to talk about some of these other contestants. Um, and maybe we can talk about who I thought kind of came in second was Dolly. Yeah. I was going to say, I'd love to talk about Dolly next. Cause I was actually anticipating I did not know who was going to win and I was thinking I could see Dolly winning this she was the one going in that I felt like had the most kind of mm -hmm. all-star quality and that like oh she was so good her season like went home you know kind of halfway through after doing well I'm ready to see more um I, remembering also that during her original season we never really saw her fully out of drag and so right. seeing her this time I was like I don't know if this is what you normally look like, but you if someone showed me this guy and said, oh, that's Dolly at a drag, I'd be like, oh, who? Dolly who, you know? Um, yeah, yeah, totally. 
I, I, that's the other thing about season two and season one is you never saw them out of drag. I think you saw the top four in season two out of drag, right? Uh, yes. When they went to the wasteland, you know, the, yeah, the wasteland stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I did not. I didn't really know. I knew what Vicky looked like, but I didn't really know what Dolly looked like. Yeah. And uh, let's just say. I get all of the thirst from everybody. Um, oh yeah. Well, and and this is not this is not a humble brag, but it, I I realized it, and I thought, well, it's a point of reference. Only Marys will know what I'm talking about, but minus all the tattoos and some of the cool, Dolly was kind of what my son looked like. <laughs> you like my dirty hole, daddy. <laughs> That's kind of what Dolly had that like mustache, or my Dolly, my okay. my son had uh, <laughs> this mustache and bald head. So Mary's, if you don't know, you can become an aunt only Mary and you can hear all about who my son is. <laughs> Colin, I'm thinking go down back to Don't Tell Mom Babysitter's Dead because it's like uh, the hospital's on the phone. Something about your son? Oh, yes, my son. Um, oh, yes, my son. Oh, yeah, my son. Oh, yes, my son. Yeah. <laughs> Walter Jr. <Is> yeah. <laughs> yeah, Walter Jr. Oh, God. Um, uh, yeah, so anyway, uh, Dolly, every single look Dolly did was was impeccable. Yeah, Dolly, and Dolly was, uh, I was very fascinated by Dolly out of drag as well. There's something sort of, like, Dolly has this very subtle confidence and this very, like, it doesn't come across as arrogant, but it's, I think it's very easy to interpret that as arrogance, but the way I really read it was like, no, this is someone who just seems to be really comfortable in their own skin and not putting in apologies so that people will like them more. You know what I mean? Like that thing of, of apologizing before you ask a question, you know, because mm-hmm. you don't want everyone to like you. Like I, mm-hmm. I just, I sort of, I, I grew to appreciate even like the twinge of like arrogance in her voice because I was like, well, I... I just love how confident you are. I love how self-assured you are. I think that's a good example, you know? I feel like the Dolly made a lot of sense when she was talking about how she's like, you know, my drag name kind of after Salvador Dolly, who left his mark with drag. And that's kind of what I want to do. I want to be an icon for somebody. And I'm like, work. Yeah. Well, and this yeah, is, right. And, and I feel like with within without of drag, even Dolly is like, yeah, I got all these tattoos. I'm eccentric. I wear my style. I this is this is me. This is uh, unapologetically me because somebody else needs to see that you can be like this in the world. I kind of love that. That it's just kind mm-hmm. of it's it's so uh, it's so the opposite of what happened to Dolly on her season, right? Because it's very much, oh, I don't give a shit. When anybody is what anybody else is doing, this is what I'm doing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I really, uh, I just, I liked, I like this kind of example of like a confident queer in all the sense of the word person, you know. Um, mm-hmm. And and I thought, you know, when when he was saying like, oh, I want to leave shoes that are too big to fill, so that people like, and I want to kind of continue that trend. Part of me was like, oh, well, uh, aren't aren't we large for our britches? But then I thought, wait a minute. Why shouldn't you strive to do that? Why the fuck not? Like, what is what is this glorification of playing it small? You know, mm, that yeah, put that on a tote bag. Right, uh, the glorification of playing it small. It, it's what the world wants you to do. Yeah, and and I I think that's one of the things that I 
you know, we get we get different perspectives and we get different personalities and stories from Drag Race and those contestants. But I think from Dragula, what I often get is like it 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 feels like oh these this is you're setting really good examples. I don't know. There's something I yeah. I get that feeling from Dragula more than I get it from Drag Race. You know? What oh, I mean? totally, Mary. The the only people that care that you're not playing it small are small people. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's the appeal of Dragula is it's like, okay, well, this is a safe space to recognize that like the key to life is like being yourself completely and leaning into your, your weirdness and your fucked upness and your queerness and embracing mm. that and working with that. And the more you can put your arms around it and like be it, that's actually the key to being happy. Not like, well, let me just stay under the radar. So nobody notices me. And then I, because I, who was it who was saying, oh, well, actually, to go back to Drag Race, like the, Mama Queen was saying this of like, you know, I could conform more to what society wants from me and be less myself and bring on less criticism or less risks mm -hmm. of being attacked. But is that worth the price of not being myself? Like, I'm not happy Ugh. then. And and so, you know, I'll give Mama Queen that. She was giving me a bit of Dracula. so gay. Yeah. Yeah, that is so gay to say and to, to worry about, right? I, I it's, it's what we do. It's what we do. We accommodate so much for, and we learned it from a young age. We accommodate for everybody else around us. We're apologizing consistently for taking up space, mm -hmm. for speaking, for being there, for being queer, for wanting to have butt sex we're apologizing all the time it seems and 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 i'm sorry it's like if you want to walk around and say you know and do a pirouette on the street or you know i go back to my job as a choir conductor it's like if you want to go around and sing on the street let them fucking deal with it yeah let and them <clears throat> deal with it and coding is just a series of apologies you know yes and we do that for years so you think about it it's like and we do it for everybody else's comfort yep we want others to feel comfortable before we're comfortable i i'm saying all of this because i do this in my life and it's awful oh yeah i don't say this on from being on the other side of it i say it from being in the thick of it is like yeah sometimes we oh you know it's like well i i code a certain way because then i i'm safer and it's like well, okay, sure, but you're still doing it for other people. You're still doing it so you don't trigger other people. This is not if you had your choice, you wouldn't do this. If this was up to you, you wouldn't do this. Um, oh, totally. And totally. so, yeah, I I think uh, I, just the mere fact that Dragula attracts these you know freaks and geeks in all the best way. I think you naturally are going to get people who are aggressively themselves, and I think mm. we should see more of that. You know, especially for queer folks. You know. Yeah, yeah. One of the people on this cast, just to kind of segue, is uh, that does that, and I thought was also just like a ball of joy, despite what happened to her, is Kendra. Yeah, Kendra. Boy, Kendra was uh, someone who I was like, I'm trying to remember my, my feelings or my experience of Kendra Onyx in season two, because it was nothing like the Kendra I was seeing here, where it was just I know. such a dynamic personality, so much more out of her shell. Um, obviously had some serious talking through tears moments. Mm. Oh my God. Oh my God. Asking for the moment. But uh, Mary, Mary, when she said, you can't burn a real witch. I was like, Oh fuck. That's so brilliant. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> she was, I really like in some ways, you know, I, I, I think, I think the boules kind of match this that, you know, her looks weren't always the strongest of, of the batch. You know, I think it's worth saying that like, 
all of these people are so fucking good that when when we or they say like, well, this wasn't that strong, it's all in comparison to the other like, you know, five people competing right now. Like, mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. so, you know, like her witch look, for example, it was like, yeah, OK, I could see how like from the neck down, it was a little more straightforward. But overall, the look was so fucking cool. Um, yeah, it worked. Absolutely. But yeah. I I really enjoyed Kendra is almost like, you know, the, a commentator this season. I just, I loved kind of going back to hearing Kendra's perspective on things. Mm. Yeah, her best look was the vampire look when she pulled that wig off. Uh, oh, yeah, with the goo. Oh, yeah, that was great. Uh, yeah. So oh. good. Uh, she, and then, you know, it, otherwise her looks were fine. They just, they were kind of trumped a little bit. She had the fire moment, um, mm-hmm. which I thought was really great. Unfortunately, like, that's what I remember, not the actual look of the ghost. Yeah, I was just thinking, what was the look? But I think yeah. the Boulets kind of said the same thing of like, yeah, the, the fire moment was great, but otherwise it fell yeah, flat. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. But for her to tell that story, the the burn story, I mean, I the fact that they showed the footage. Oh, I was like, oh, holy you. Holy fuck. Oh, I was, so, I was like, I don't think I can see this. How long is this going to go? Uh, it was like, it was either better or it was probably better for it to just be the image in my head versus this like you know, seeing the real thing, you know? Yeah. Um, I, 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 I tried to lighten the mood by thinking of a joke. And the only one I could think of was it was flames on the side of her face. Oh <laughs> Awful. <laughs> Awful. Uh, but no, no, honestly, that's the only way for me to cope from this, this horrific story. The, one of the things that she said that really just killed me was all like, all of these people were watching me about to die. And that was, oh, that was what was really awful was, and, and kind of hearing, because we've, I think we've all been in those situations where something happens and you kind of just freeze up and everybody freezes up and nobody feels like they're the one who should be acting or even can act. And so mm. it's interesting to hear that from someone else's perspective and what that feels like of like, I'm just, I'm just fucking, you know, dying over here and everyone's just staring and filming it with their phones. They were just filming a performance with, you know? Oh my God. It, that was, I was not expecting to be actually horrified. Yeah. Right. Like, you know, like the, the footage from the boules and the floor shows was scary and all that and uh, you know, whatever, but not like that. Oh, because I feel like everything, even the grossest shit on Dragula is always done with such a big wink, you know, mm-hmm. like you're always supposed to see the spectacle beyond the like, you know, you're or really just always supposed to see the spectacle of it. It's always supposed to be not just about creating a horrifying moment, but seeing someone create a horrifying moment, if that makes sense. I, w- I will say the one floor show moment that was actually horrifying to me was Vicky's ghost look when she was doing the crab walk. Oh, I mean, I understood why they were like, this was more zombie than ghost, but whatever it was supposed to be was so (laughs) fucking creepy. So good. Yeah. So good. She is so brilliant. She is so brilliant at her craft, like the top of her craft. She should have won that season. And then bitch, the bitch turned it. The bitch right? turned like, it. Oh, I mean, that's the, the thing. bitch did that, that middle look with the janitor. Oh my God. Yeah. Like season two, I, I mean, I would never say that, that Vicky was robbed in that. No. Bitch had to win. Bitch was the star of that season. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But I mean. That top three was brilliant. Mm-hmm. And you could also say that that top four was brilliant. Abora was so good. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it was like, 
I have no I have no problem with bitch winning, but I feel like this like resurrection really was acknowledging or re-acknowledging, hey, Victoria, you didn't win, but like let it be known. Like you are <laughs> gold standard of, of horror drag. Like this is so mm-hmm. good. Um yeah. yeah, I thought yeah. I thought that was great. Um I you know, I also with if we're gonna talk about Victoria for a second. Yeah, uh, let's do it. I I it was we because I think we also kind of all remember Victoria being really quiet her season and and being like a much more subdued energy and so it was I don't think we've heard at any of these shows before someone come out and say oh well I'm I have a cute Aspergers I was like oh that's new like the 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 diversity of drag race in terms of like types of drag types of gender neurodiversity I was like Dragula is pulling out all the stops when it comes to showing all colors of drag. Oh, it's why we need that palate cleanser. It's why we need the boules to keep going with this show. It's why Drag Race shouldn't have a monopoly on popular drag shows. Yeah. You know, we need this in on our screens. We need the Drag Race girls promoting this. I... I, I can't stress enough how even even when it first started, right, with the Boulets doing their stupid, ugh, her. Oh, that, that, the- <laughs> that opening, oh, that opening bit. Well, I, I will say that opening bit, I did recognize one of the, the concubines, one of the men. Oh. He's this porn star who I... I, I I must follow him on Twitter because I see his updates all the time. But his name is Sharak, and Ooh. he's 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 very hot. He's he's great, but like it's there is something about Twitter porn that it feels so like. And I think it's because it's like a jack in the box. Like I'll just be scrolling through my feed, and all of a sudden there's somebody furiously jerking off in a seven second preview mm-hmm. of their OnlyFans, or mm-hmm, you know, mm-hmm. Sharak will post clips of him like fucking some bottom or like playing with his dick in his car and then he like flicks his tongue at the camera and i'm like we what are you we are on twitter right now what are you doing and it's just it's so i don't know porn on twitter always makes me laugh because it just feels so out of context it just feels like uh someone whipping their dick out in an applebee's you know like it's just so that's how i know Chirac is from from him whipping his dick out on my on my twitter feed um great Great. There's a joke in there about feed, but there is, there is. I can't find it either. Um, but uh. um, I, I that opening is when I was like, oh, thank God, thank God the Boulets are back. Thank God we're gonna see Vicky Black. We're gonna see Dolly. We're gonna like we're gonna see these different perspectives. We're gonna see Kendra again. We're gonna get. They're they're all we're all gonna just be reintroduced to these people in a very different context. It's not gonna be. It almost wasn't even in comparison, right? I wasn't even really comparing these queens. I was just wanting it all to be good. And when you stop and think about it, it was all good. There was maybe one look that I'm like, oh, that didn't fit the brief, right? Or, Mm -hmm. oh, that didn't really work, right? Maybe only one. And otherwise, it like nothing was distracting. It was edited impeccably. I I could have I could have stood for a little bit more B horror camp. Sure, like those uh, I, bits. I kind of wanted yeah. a little bit more of that. Yeah, I wanted a little bit more of the bits. Um, well, I'll say but this. But I was happy to get the ending. Yeah, I was going to say, but, but then we got that ending, and it was like, oh, fuck it. I didn't need any more bits. I got the ending. Right. Like, right. that was the best bit they've ever done. Uh, yeah. It was so yeah. good. This week on Patreon. All right, 
you know what? We're here to talk about Scream 2. Scream was such a fun little romp. The only sequel that I can think of that's better than the first one is Three Men and a Little Lady. <laughs> See, I, I have not, I, I can't verify, but I'm sure you're probably right on that. I, I mean, I have to say, you know, in terms of the, the cast of characters in Scream 2, she was, I think, my favorite one. She was the, it was like, oh God, I could have really done with more Cece in this movie. I mean, it was such a wonderful punchline to him say, don't ask, don't tell, right? Stab. Yeah. You know, like, I love that. I love that. That is only something a gay person would or could write. He is so good. He is really good. He's six foot three, by the way. You're not lying. Uh I know, I know. Let's talk about actors that dominated in this movie but didn't mean to. And by actors, I mean Portia de Rossi. When she says, you know, hang up and start 69 his ass and then her boyfriend shushes her. I'm like, excuse me. They are, she is not the loudest person in this theater. You can barely hear her. So if you want to hear all that and more, just go to patreon.com backslash all right, Mary. All right, Mary. All right, Mary. Hey, Marys, let's talk about therapy for a minute. I could honestly talk about therapy all day. Same. I think anyone could benefit from seeing a therapist. Totally. I also think it's very easy to talk yourself out of seeing a therapist, deciding it's too expensive or too hard to find a therapist. Or just not wanting to have to go to the doctor's office every week. Especially now when it might not feel safe to even go outside. Which is why we're big fans of BetterHelp. And that's H-E-L-P. BetterHelp connects you with a licensed professional therapist safely and privately. You can be matched with someone within 24 hours. You don't need to leave the couch. And it's super easy to schedule weekly phone or video sessions. Plus, you can send a message to your counselor anytime and expect a timely and thoughtful response. And if you want to change counselors for any reason, it's both free and easy. BetterHelp is available worldwide and their counselors are licensed and trained in everything from depression, and anxiety to grief, relationships, sleep, self-esteem, and more. There are so many people using BetterHelp right now. They've recruited more counselors in all 50 states. And no surprise, it's more affordable than traditional in-person talk therapy. And on top of that, there's even financial aid available if you need. Marys, if you're interested in trying BetterHelp, get 10% off your first month by going to betterhelp.com slash allrightmary. That's H-E-L-P. That's right. Join over 1 million people taking charge of their mental health. That's betterhelp.com slash allrightmary. And that's H-E-L-P. All right, Mary. All right, Mary. Well, I guess just to, to kind of keep chatting through folks, I uh, obviously was not, because I hadn't watched season one, I wasn't super familiar with Loris. Loris is, is <laughs> she's a lot. She's, she's that bitch. She's that bitch, apparently. Yeah. She, she is, was a lot, Robin. She was a lot. Robin, Robin, that was a lot. Robin, that was wild. Um, so... Loris, you know, I, I, I kind of was getting the vibes early on. I was like, I think Loris is probably not going to win this thing. <laughs> I just don't think. But I think that it's an essential energy. And I'll say this. I loved, I loved her witch. I love that it was a traditional witch silhouette. Mm. And then for some reason, like, she just, like, perfected it. And, like, there was one shot of her, like, 
down the road and like kind of turns around and I was like, okay, that's mm-hmm. really fucking scary. Um, mm-hmm. So I, I did appreciate Loris uh, and in terms of her talents personality wise, I was like, you're, you're a, you're a lot of energy. Uh, I, I, I hope honey mahogany I, can keep up with you, you know? And that's the thing I was like, what made me feel so happy watching Loris is like, Oh, honey loves her. You know, totally. I mean, someone like that, someone when whenever someone is kind of a, you know, a, a, a kook or an oddball or whatever, you think, oh, man, like, I hope they I hope they find the lid to their pot. You know what I mean? Like someone like that. Mm. I hope they find someone who gets them and yeah. can work, you know, can can complement that energy. And, and uh, you know, yeah, I don't know. I feel like that's sometimes I when I see these kind of queerdos on Dragula or other places, I in the back of my mind, I, I don't even consider the fact that they have like healthy relationships or, you know what I mean? Or like romantic relationships. I, I forget that they're, you know, they've got that side as well. So it's nice to see these creepy weirdos, you know, cuddling on the couch with their boyfriends. Yeah. Yeah. And being themselves. And, be, you know, I'd love that Loris is, is herself. I wanted to just briefly talk about the, I'm that bitch narrative. And, because that's like a thing, you know, that gay people have picked up recently because Lizzo took it from somebody on Twitter or whatever. Mm, um, mm. But I, uh, to be that bit, oh, I'm that bitch. I'm just that bitch. It's one of those armors, right? Oh. Like we, we were talking about that with Janie Jacquet. Uh, it's one of, it's, you know, the alone of early. I'm just a bitch, mm-hmm. you know, it's a line. I'm that bitch. Okay. O- okay, honey. You know, I, great. Mm-hmm. Everybody's that bitch until they figure out who they are. You know what right. I mean? Well, I, I think Loris just doesn't really want to talk about who she is. Yeah, I, I feel like I, I filed that alongside the classic line. I'm a sweetheart, but if you cross me or my friends <laughs> or my come for my family, watch out. Like, it's such... We're thick as thieves. <laughs> right. It's so... Oh, God. People who are close to their families need to just stop, you know? <laughs> People who will defend their families on social media need to stop. So I, uh, yeah, I, I think that it, it's certainly interesting. Is yeah, when someone puts on that 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 air, it's like, well, you're not that bitch because like that's not very unique. So like, who are you? Who are you? Yeah. You know? Yeah, who are you? I saw that with. Um, well, I loved when Frankie chimed in because Frankie was on Loris' season. Oh kind of rem- yeah. Uh-huh. Can 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 you know? It was an unreliable narrator with Loris because Loris was like, "Well, back in my season, they just blah blah blah. They were intimidated or blah blah. I should have won that challenge." Frankie comes in and is like, "Yeah, Loris. Loris has just got to kind of learn how to interact with people, you know, because she's yeah. really she's really intense and it. Uh, you know, I think she just doesn't know how to necessarily always interact." the way that she knows she's coming off. And I was like, oh, Frankie. <laughs> mm-hmm. It was very, that's not how you talk when you and I hang out. Like, <laughs> I I think Loris needs to figure out how, that she just needs to talk how she talks when they hang out. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. 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 So then uh, who do we got left? Uh, well, well, just to, just, I mean, I want to talk about Priscilla. Uh, oh, yes. And everything that was going on in, in her documentary. But Frankie... Uh, Frankie's looks were all very Frankie and were all fabulous. Uh, the best one was obviously the vampire, right? Um, I, like that was so well with the bat, 
uh, wings. And oh, whatever. oh, just, oh, yeah. Uh, when and the boules were like, oh, this is like the personification of '90s Fangoria. I love that. Yes, I yes. love that reference. Yeah, no, Frankie was uh, Frankie and La Llorona, Like, I, yeah, there was so much to Frankie, kind of also growing as an artist, and I'm like. For sure, for sure, showcase this. Mm-hmm. I could totally have seen Frankie coming back for season four. Yeah, I mean, there was a part of me that wanted them to be like, "We're bringing all of you back," and I would have been fine with that because after two hours, I was like, I could go a whole season with these people. Yeah. You know, like, yeah, totally. I, I could go a longer ride. You know, yeah, um, yeah. Priscilla was very interesting. Um, Priscilla had a lot of activism. Oh, yeah. In, in her drag, which I think was really refreshing, um, especially because it was filmed when it was filmed. I know that was like heavily in her mind. Mm-hmm. But, you know, coming out as trans when she's 17 and then just continuing to include that narrative essentially in all of her drag, plus this um, hick drag that she does. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was really, I, and I think it was, it was, I guess, because Priscilla's, you know, I guess it was, you know, probably a year ago, but more recent than, than the others who we kind of got to know on season three. It was, uh, it was fun to see how much, it's always fun to see how much they grow and change when they come back for a season or something. But like, I was like, oh, Priscilla, you are like, in some ways, what I, and kind of what you're saying is like, in some ways, Priscilla has changed dramatically from who we were seeing on season three. And in other ways, it's like, it's still Priscilla. It's still the same. Oh yeah. Pr- the same aesthetic, the same point of same view. Artistry. Same artistry. Yep. Same, Re- same sense of humor. Reusing things. Mm-hmm. Oh, sense of humor for sure. Reusing animal parts, like all of that. I was reminded of the, the calf fetus. Oh God. Yes. Oh, oh God. <laughs> I'm just like, I can't even see the look. I just see the fetus. Yeah. Um, <laughs> If I had a nickel every time yeah. I said that. Yeah. yeah. Oh, um. shit. Um, yeah, no, I, Priscilla, it was, I love that they included Priscilla, not because I don't think, I don't think I needed to see more of Priscilla in, as, as Priscilla was presented back on season three. Mm-hmm. I think I loved that I saw Priscilla after Priscilla has been transitioning. Yeah, and got right. to see her drag again. Right, you know? there's a big difference between seeing Saint again, where there's a real evolution in her drag that we're seeing. Whereas Priscilla, it was like, yeah, this is this is kind of what I'm expecting from you. And when I what I saw from you in season three, it that hasn't changed so much. But I think, you know, just as important as who these people are outside of drag and and how that that's evolved. And it was, I mean, I I think in terms of again, in terms of how much diversity and representation and inclusion you know, in this special and in Dragula in general, I was like, this is, uh, it certainly did not feel like token casting, but there was like such a benefit of having that narrative as well of, of somebody who not only had, you know, recently transitioned, but who we were familiar with pre-transition and to see them on the show. I think getting to tell that, that narrative as well, was like, again, super fresh. And, um, yeah. And you know what? I'll say something really controversial here. Because I understand tokenism, tokenism is a, is a problem, but this special to me, if you were gonna say that the boules were tokenizing some of these guests for being of color or being trans, and that's why they were invited on, I'm sorry. Then it worked. Like there's a reason why we do need mm-hmm. to to uh, we do need to risk cuz granted tokenizing is wrong but we do need to risk being accused of tokenization 
so that we can have outcomes like this special. Mm-hmm. And I say risk it because, yeah, there is still a risk that these people would be tokenized. But let me tell you, this special was absolutely necessary for all of these particular stories. Yeah, I like I never felt like, oh, well, you know, Saints only here because Saints black, you know, like there was no, you know, like I never got that feeling. But it was also like, but Saint is black and Saint does have a black you know, point of view and yes. a black experience yes. that yes. and present it and, mm-hmm. and she should be presenting it. And like that should that absolutely that should be part of the narrative. And I, you know, again, it's so fascinating to see Dragula or any of these shows, you know, mid COVID, you know, post, you know, this, this recent wave of black lives matter protests, like to see so much of 2020, um, so much of 2020, showing up and being processed and responded to um, again immediately. immediately immediately like I almost feel like I wasn't ready to 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 almost be in this I don't want to say post COVID entertainment but like to be watching something that's responding to and reacting to what we're in right now I think I've been gearing myself up to see that in season 13 next year you know <laughs> I know right uh, and we're gonna barely get it oh yeah <laughs> well you know and I'll say this like what was so great about seeing this and seeing it now is that in a lot of ways, Resurrection was like this highly polished, high, higher budget, incredibly well-produced digital drag special. And it makes me think of Bitch Puddin' back in like March or April, you know, April, April, April like, you know, coming out with like you know, her first digital drag show and, and working through all of the technical details. And it just, I was like, oh, that's so cool. I mean, obviously drag, you know, drag performers, regardless of being on a show, are doing digital drag and have been doing it and trying to make it work. But I loved that something that I remember beca- when it became a thing in April, when it became like, well, this is what we have to do now. And it had such kind of like a, you know, a, not a rough start, but it had to work all the kinks out. I love how Dragular Resurrection is like, here's what you can do with the limitations, mm. you know? Like, we've, yeah. we're have we starting to perfect not a new art form, but a very current art form, you know? Right, and, and you know what? What I also love about this was it's also a response to all-star seasons on Drag Race, right? Where it's like, why is Blair St. Clair on this goddamn show, mm-hmm. right? And so you have Dragular Resurrection that's like, yeah, this isn't an all-star season. This is people that went home that are really great. Yeah. And we want to see where they're at. And it's not about why are you on All Stars? It's, oh, what do you have? What Okay, what do you have? And we spend time with them. I also love that there was no elimination yeah. during this special. Yeah. I've been calling for that on an All Star season for a while now. It's like, okay, invite 10 queens back. Have them all do the challenges and just keep score. Yeah, and like that it can work. I mean, I think that yeah. over a longer season, like it could get to the point where it's like, okay, well, somebody is clearly, you know, right. lowest ranked. But I think there's ways to do it that keeps it interesting and keeps it exciting. And I think yeah. in this two-hour format, I, like at no point, you know, did I, st- until really they were really showing us the narrative, like Victoria talking about not wanting to win or kind of the way Loris was talking where I thought, okay, I, I don't expect you to win, but... I I never felt like it was like wildly obvious halfway through who was going to win. Mm-hmm. Like I'm, I was yeah. intrigued and in suspense to the very end. Totally. Yeah. And I love, you know, drag is art and art is subjective. I know that we say it like that, mm-hmm. but like they're real. they really are just like leaning into that. And even in their critiques, they're just like, 
they're being totally honest. Like, yeah, I didn't fit the brief. Yeah, eh, this, this didn't really work for me. Mm-hmm. It's like, yeah, that's fine. And I, honestly, uh, this is totally honest. I didn't really have many critiques. I was like, God, how are they going to choose? <laughs> well, right. Right. Like, I kind of, that's how I felt by the end was like, well, shit. Like, all of this was so cool and so well produced and all of them are great tv and so the reality tv side of thing things all of them would be great uh it was yeah i mean in in so many of the ways this and they meant they say this this was a great platform to showcase you know six different performers Mm. was it six Uh, seven seven (laughs) seven like that was really shady robin sorry yeah, uh, it was I, a lot, Robin, yeah. to just discount Loris. Miss Loris, like yeah, don't discount Miss Gold- Miss Loris, yeah. Uh, I did love that we got Honey Mahogany or uh, Honey Honey Davenport, right? Like that was yeah, we got Honey nice Davenport. Did I say Honey Mahogany yeah. before? Uh, I don't know. I can't remember. Well, if anyone, if I said Honey Mahogany, I meant Honey Davenport. Uh, <laughs> honey, honey, honey. Honey, Monica Shame. Honey. Oh, Monica Shannon. Now that's someone who I did not expect to see on Resurrection. Um, and wasn't. And wasn't. And wasn't. I don't think she does drag anymore. I think. No, I think she does OnlyFans. Yes, yeah. yes. I Because I was yeah. like, who is this showing their butthole to me on Twitter right now? It's not Chirac. Oh, it's Monica Shannon. Oh, all right. <laughs> Uh, you 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 you're fixated on Twitter porn or porn Twitter. Let's call it porn Twitter. Twitter uh, porn is on it right now. fascinating. Oh, I love it. I love it. I love a little surprise. A little oops. I think like, I love that. I think I yeah. need to have an alt account. I think I need. To I, have... I was thinking of making my own. Yeah, because yeah, there's so many that I want to like, but I know that it'll say Johnny also liked, and it's right. like Seattle dad fucking this little you know sweetheart on a bed right <laughs> right this little sweetheart yeah i just i yeah i feel like i i need to be able to just like i have all right mary to queen out and college rucker to queen out and then i need somewhere to pig out you know and i think mm. that's that's where i need to go i don't need to post anything on my own i just need to be able to curate you know and sure, like sure. or comment oh or comment and like yeah be like a total pig be like yeah put it in my mouth oh yeah. to comment oh my oh dare to dream oh i keep yeah. thinking oh but the marys will see <laughs> yeah but the marys the yeah. marys are gonna know uh, yeah they're they're all gonna know mary yeah That's i true. saw you commenting yeah. on that video <laughs> i saw you salivating at seattle dad yeah <laughs> Seattle dad. Uh, uh, his oh, Seattle dad is top notch. Oh, pun intended. <laughs> uh, well, he's verse. So. Oh, is he? Oh, good for him. Oh, good. Yeah. yeah, yeah he's um, verse. You shouldn't limit yourself um, at the buffet, you know? Sure. I've seen it. All right, Marys. Well, Dragula Resurrection. I am anticipating Dragula season four so much so. Um, I love Dragula so much. I almost tweeted that Dragula is greater than Drag Race. Um, there's just something so palpable about this type of competition and the the format that the Boulets want to promote. Well, it says something that you know we we have been feeling some Drag Race fatigue from doing season twelve, then All Stars five, then Canada, then Holland, and yet we jumped into this. At, you know, with the tank low, and all of a sudden I was like, ah, oh, 
I could, ha- I could, you know, I could, I, I have no refractory period. I could go all night with this, you know? And right. I think that does say a lot about Dragula and that it does hit different notes and it's not just Drag Race's spooky sister. Mm-hmm. Right. There's not a Halloween special or like a spooky runway. Uh, no. That, that, that it is. And, you know, the other thing that's fair is you can't compare the two because they're both doing something important for, for queer people, right? Mm-hmm. Or just for, for the world. So it's not to say that one is, you know, necessarily more needed or better. I'm just happy that Dragula exists in the, in the world of drag race. Does that make sense? Absolutely. I, I mean, I think to go back to that buffet, it's like I'm not saying that this chicken is better than that beef. I'm just happy that on this plate I'm able to have both, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, in that spirit, if I can just plug the PGMC fall fundraiser, uh, I'm the artistic director of the Portland Gay Men's Chorus, and we are having a fundraiser, a virtual fundraiser, next Friday at 8 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. And there's some really great, great drag on it. Bolivia Carmichael's Bitch Puddin' Speak of the Devil. Oh, I know her. Uh, uh, Vigor Mortis, who a friend of the pod, right? Um, he does this amazing, amazing psychedelic performance to Hello, I Love You. Uh, Bolivia Carmichael's does Elvira drag that is hilarious. Um, and Alexis Michelle is on it doing Liza Minnelli. I, you know, if you are fatigued by drag and Dragula Resurrection excited you, I hope that, you know, the, the fall fundraiser also excites you. It's less than an hour. And it's filled with drag. It's filled with great performances. Uh, please come out. It's free. The tickets, you just have to reserve. Um, and it is at live.pdxgmc.org. Now, was that inspired by my buffet analogy? I think I feel like you said speaking of. And I was like, oh, is there a buffet? Do y'all got a cookie plate? Um, you can certainly eat cookies during it. All right. Well, you know, if there is no buffet... Make a buffet. Yeah, you know, there it will be kind of like a buffet of different types of performances. Oh, well, all right. Well, I'm, I'll, I'll have my bib on. So, Mary's, listen, I'm going to, you know, quote unquote, be there. So, <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, if, Mar- uh, Mary's, if you're there, say, you know, are there any Marys in chat? Say hi, Mary. You mm-hmm. know, why not? I'll, I'll, <laughs> I'll sing out, Louise. <laughs> be like Colin. Go to the Freaky Fall Fundraiser um, next Friday at 8 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Listen listen to Daddy. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you like my dirty hole, Daddy? Oh, oh yeah, Daddy. Daddy. Oh, daddy. <laughs> I'll, I haven't heard from him oh. since. I think I blew his mind so much he couldn't come back. Um. Yep. Yep, maybe. No, maybe. I I know that that sounds <laughs> arrogant. Not to not to quote, not to be such a dolly about it, but I really feel like it was just it, some sometimes there's that sex where you're like I can only have this sex four times a year. You know what I mean? Uh, I don't know, Mary. I don't know what kind of sex you're having, but uh, I can have that sex all the time. There's so. some people where it's like <laughs> I'll call you in four months. I gotta like like. Because it was so abusive. No, not abusive, was... but just like so, <laughs> like there have just been certain ones where it was like, that's just the vibe is like every few months we get together and we just fuck. And then I don't see you for a few months. <laughs> I've had anonymous sex that I can only have like once a year. Mm. Uh, you know, like 
I won't get into it. I'll save that for an only. Mary's this is an only Mary's episode in yes. in the making. Yes. Yeah. So yes. Uh, so if you want to know where this conversation's going, become an only Mary. <laughs> Anyway, Marys, I think that's all we're going to say. We hope that you enjoyed the Drago special as much as we did. Uh, Just a note, because I know some people are like, oh, I can't watch it because it's on Shudder. There's a free week trial. Yeah. um, So you can watch it. You could, you know, do it and then just cancel it. Uh, I'm trusting that they're not going to charge my credit card. And if you think about it, it's six bucks. I'm kind of like, well, if any of that money goes to Dragula, good. Right. Um, I don't think it is, but um, I think they already paid for it. But um, you know, why not? They're they're a platform that that bit at least. I, so I kind yeah. of support that platform. I would pay way more than six dollars to see this drag show. You know what I mean? That's think of it that way. You're paying six bucks to see a drag show. Yeah, I'd 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 pay uh, right right in person. Certainly, I'd pay a lot more, but. For a digital one, yeah, uh, on demand, yeah. I'd probably pay up to 20 bucks. Two yeah. hours full of nuance, talking through tears, likable people. That ending. That yeah. ending. The fact yeah. that it ends on just like Saint kind of smirking and then like blackout. Uh. I was like, that's you, bitch. You, bitch. That uh. is so good. <laughs> so can I? <laughs> so can I? You're real sweetie, Dottie. Everyone is just going to love um, uh So anyway, Marys, we're going to end it there. But uh, thank you so much for your support uh, for those that are listening to this as Matreons, for those that are listening to this as a free skate. Uh, we we love you as well for listening. Yeah. Um, and whenever you feel like you can or want to uh, support us, please do. Yeah. Yeah. Matri- Patreon.com slash All Right Mary. Uh, All right, Marys. Well, we'll see you next time and uh, be good or be naughty. Tatsines. Tatsines.